Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings with Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. It's a very rainy and windy and spooky fall day, and I'm all curled up with this cup of coffee. (laughs) You know, I'm jealous because (laughs) it's like hot and humid and sunny here. (laughs) And I'm drinking watered down Gatorade. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) It was too sweet. (laughs) Yeah. It's just me. Like you're a giant flock of geese, but I can't see them, so it's kind of spooky. <laughs> oh, God. You're, like, living this spooky dream over here. Oh, there they are. Found them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how was your week? It was good. I went to a concert yesterday, and I had some fun. Good. How about you? Good. It was busy. I finally get a day off tomorrow, which is exciting. Ooh. Party to you. Basically, I'm just gonna have some time to get my life back together. <laughs> Every time I have these like really long work start stretches, my house is like in shambles <laughs> <laughs> by the end. Oh, I'm, like bet. I have like no clean clothes left. <laughs> my fridge is empty. <laughs> Tyler works later than I do, so it's not like he has a lot of extra time either. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be all back to normal tomorrow, <laughs> in theory. Yeah. So, this week, I decided to cover a few famous ossuaries. Ooh, I'm so excited. So, honestly, until I started doing this, I had absolutely no fucking clue what an ossuary is, and I thought it was pronounced ossuary, so um, it's not, but. (laughs) When you asked me which topic you should do, you, like, unlocked a memory. I was like, I do know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to somebody else, and I was telling them about it, and they were like, oh, wait, I know what that is. (laughs) So... These are some pretty spooky, but also pretty cool places. And before I tell you about them, I should probably tell you what an ossuary is. So, an ossuary is defined by Wikipedia as an ossuary is a chest, box, building, well, or site to serve as the final resting place of human skeletal remains. They are frequently used where burial space is scarce a body is first buried in a temporary grave then after some years the skeletal remains are removed and placed in an ossuary the greatly reduced space taken up by an ossuary means that it is possible to store the remains of many more people in a single tomb than in coffins they're so cool yeah like i don't know in to me that seems less creepy than like Because it's, like, kind of a beautiful thing. A lot of them are, like, very beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't give me a weird vibe like you think it would be. Like, you think it would. Yeah, it's not like there's just mountains of bones, like, everywhere. Like, they're stacked nicely. And you'll see in some of the pictures that I'm going to show you and that we'll post online are, like, honestly, works of art. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost decorative. Yeah. So, 
The first ossuary I decided to cover is a pretty spooky church called the Sedlick Ossuary. The Sedlick Ossuary, commonly known as the Bone Church, (laughs) (laughs) aptly named, (laughs) oh yes, is located in Kutna Ora in the Czech Republic, which is about 40 miles outside of Prague. And Let's go. Oh, yeah. Our story begins with a trip to the Wayback Machine in, ni- not 19, in 1278. Yeah, yeah not 19. <laughs> no, 1278, so 13th century, when the abbot, or head, of the Sedlik Monastery, Abbot Henry, was sent by the King of Bohemia to Jerusalem. When Henry came back, he brought a jar of soil from the Golgotha, which is the supposed location of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So he spread this holy soil around the cemetery by the monastery, suddenly making this an extremely sought-after place to be buried or have loved ones laid to rest. So basically, people heard that this was like had holy land soil on it, and they were like, okay, I want to be buried there. And so many people will just, like, put in requests for that. This was all well until the Black Death hit the area in the mid-1300s. Which is also a callback to our last episode. Oh, yeah. And then... Plague all over the place through these spooky season episodes. (laughs) Seriously, the plague is everywhere. It is alive and well. (laughs) I didn't know that it's still a thing. Oh, yeah. It's endemic to some areas. Yeah, and it still exists in the United States. Yeah. They're not likely going to die from it. Yeah. There's... I was talking to a biologist from Arizona, and she said it's something... That they deal with down there. Which is interesting. Yeah. Not fun. No. They were also um, hit with the Hussite, I think Hussite, or Bohemian Wars in the early 1400s. These events caused a massive influx in bodies. Tens of thousands of people had been buried there in those years. Around 1400, the Church of All Saints was built in the middle of the cemetery with an ossuary below to house the displaced bodies from the church's construction. Mm. Yeah. During the 15th century, they started to exhume the bodies from the cemetery to make space for the expanding town around and also to allow for recently deceased people to be buried. So they kind of just started to, like, pick and choose which families hadn't been coming to see any more relatives and they would start to like be like okay they've been there for a long enough time like they've been there for like 200 years we'll dig them up and like move them interesting which it sounds very strange but this is generally really common practice for a lot of like european and other countries because like cemeteries in North America are a lot newer, so we still have a lot of land to use, so we haven't come into this issue yet. But over in Europe, where they've been burying people for hundreds, thousands of years, and like in cemetery styles, they now have these issues. 
So starting in 1511, a half-blind monk was given the task of exhuming and stacking the bones in the ossuary. Does half-blind mean, like, blind in one eye or half-blind, like, half-vision? That's a really good question because I was wondering the same thing. (laughs) I like to think that he just has, like, really shitty vision. Yeah. Guy. Where am I? Okay. These skeletons would remain stacked down there until 1870 when a woodcarver named Frantisek Rint was tasked with organizing the piles of bones by the prominent Schwarzenberg family. How do you organize bones? By type? Oh. Just wait. In the chat, I just sent you a link to the, a CNN article that has a bunch of pictures. The Schwarzenberg family was an aristocratic German and Czech family. They still exist today. They're just not, like, not a lot of them are in, like, government and stuff. Um, Well-known, they just are in, like, tech and different companies and stuff. But they're still a very prominent family. Um. And they were the ones who hired him to, like, reorganize all that stuff. So, Rint took the bones from forty to 70,000 bodies and created the underground bone church that still exists today. So, now, if you would view this article, up at the top, there's a bunch of pictures. So, the first one is... The chandelier made of bones. So it doesn't even look real. I know. It's crazy. So we'll post these pictures on Instagram, as I said, but I'm going to try to describe some of them to you. So, first, there is a huge chandelier made entirely of bones and skulls. Then there are a few pillars of bones and skulls topped with baby cherubs on top who are also (laughs) holding skulls. Holding skulls. (laughs) Yeah. There's, like, on top of the chandelier, there's, like, you know how, like, chandeliers normally have, like, things where they hold, like, little candles? In, like, Haunted Mansion-style chandeliers? Yes. They, like, that piece that holds the candle here is made out of, like, um, pelvic bones. (laughs) Ah, yes, I see that now. (laughs) <laughs> with the skull instead of... Oh, I guess there are still candles out there. Yeah. So then if you go over to more... <laughs> yeah. If you keep going, then you can get to what is... um. There's a replica of the Schwarzenberg family crest made entirely of bones. Oh, wow. Yeah. There are, as I said, pillars of bones and skulls. And Rint even signed his name using bones. Classy. <laughs> yeah. Today, the Bone Church sees about half a million visitors each year. And they are operating a little differently due to COVID restrictions right now. But I'm pretty sure that they are still open for visitors and tours. Oh, I would really like to go there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you did, you click through all like the pictures. Oh, I didn't realize there was an arrow. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch. I scrolled down, but that only gave me, like, 
three or four. But yeah. yes, I'm looking right now. Okay. There's a cat on my lap and she's being restless. Oh. AKA she's stuck to my sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like oh crest. God. There's a few good pictures of the chandelier and there's like the chandelier is bigger than I expected. Oh, the chandelier is massive. And then it looks like you know when you would take like streamers and like hang them from the ceiling for like birthday yeah. parties and shit. It looks like they did that, but it's just skulls. And so many skulls. And yeah, so that I is what like, I have for the Sedlick ossuary. I feel like the skulls are a good indicator of just how many people have their remains there because unlike like your arm bones, your leg bones, you get one skull per person. So. Oh, yeah. And there's, you can see in just, like, the pictures that we'll post, you can see that there's at least, like, I'm really bad at estimating things. But there's more than, like, five. Um, <laughs> but there's, like, a whole bunch of skulls in this thing. All right. So the other ossuary I decided to cover today is the Paris Catacombs. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a place that I have always wanted to visit and honestly never fully understood. So here we go. Because, like, why the fuck are there tunnels full of bodies? Like, Yeah. You hear it, like, in passing, but I feel like I've never heard of anybody, like, actually talk about it. And now, like, knowing why it is the way it is, it makes so much sense because it kind of just, like, happened. Um, <laughs> so... There's a little bit of background before we get to the actual catacombs. So, the catacombs have a very long history dating back to the 13th century when a whole bunch of mines were created under the city of Paris. They were Lucian limestone and gypsum mines. The limestone was actually used to build a majority of the city and surrounding suburbs, and the gypsum was used to make uh, plaster of Paris. Seeing as they were in Paris. <laughs> yeah. So. You're, you're going to fall off. <laughs> she was hanging off my leg. <laughs> Jesus. So, unfortunately, they had some pretty shitty mining habits back then. Shocker. Yeah. Definitely no OSHA. Over the years, once they were done, like, mining in certain areas, they would kind of just, like, abandon the site and leave it. Which, not great. The city started to build on top of these previously mined areas, which ended up causing a whole slew of cave-ins and other disasters. The largest of these disasters happened in December of 1774, when about 100 feet of Rue d'Enfer, now Avenue denfer Rochereau, collapsed to a depth of about 100 feet. This collapse caused the government to have art attacks inspect, maintain, and repair the underground of Paris. It's also important to note that a lot of these mines were not recorded and had been forgotten. So the full extent of the mines at that time were not known. They <laughs> literally had no fucking idea where some of these mines were and would 
genuinely just have to like start inspecting houses and like buildings they stuck to like the really important places mostly things and then a lot of the roadways because they were really afraid that like they could well they wouldn't be able to build certain areas and also just like everything going on on roads like you didn't want all that to fall in and get people hurt and all that jazz (laughs) that'd be bad Inspectors would go through under the roads and fill any cavities they found and reinforce the tunnel walls with solid masonry, making the wall marking the walls with the date and the street names. So fun fact, since the 18th century, a lot of the street names have changed. So it's a little bit of an homage to old Paris streets when you go down there. So where do the bodies come in? Because <laughs> we know these tunnels were for mines, but like, how did they get all these bodies? They're like, why are they there? How'd they get spooky? (laughs) Exactly. They didn't just appear. So around the same time that some of these collapses were happening, the Les Innocents Cemetery was bursting at its seams. At one point, it was said that the burial ground was a two-meter-high mound of earth filled with centuries of Parisian dead. Wow. That's 6.6 feet high of dead people that's insanity not good there had been many efforts to prohibit more burials there but it did not seem to be working on may 31st 1780 due to excessive rain a basement wall next to the cemetery collapsed under the weight of the mass graves and into a private building so these poor people had rotted corpses spewing into their basement yikes that sucks <laughs> i hope yeah. they got paid trauma so at that point they were like no we're done this place is officially closed off to the public and banned any more burials within city limits that checks out <laughs> yeah So, a police lieutenant general who had been involved in the mine renovations suggested moving the remains of Paris's dead into the old mining tunnels. They started with Les Innocents Cemetery in 1786. This cemetery had about 2 million bodies from the 600-plus years it was in use. Holy fuck. Yeah. There were a total of four cemeteries emptied into the catacombs, including Saint-Etienne-de-Garas, Madeleine Cemetery, Arancy Cemetery, which was uh, had mostly bodies of those who died in the French Revolution, and Notre-Dame-de-Blanc-Manteau. It took them 12 years to move all of the bodies of between 6 and 7 million people. Oh my god, that's like an entire city. Oh yeah, some of which, which can be dated back to over 1,200 years ago. Oh my god. Yeah. So, in the ossuary, bones are sorted by cemeteries that they came from, and it was also renovated in... 1810 by the Paris Mine Inspection Service to create a visitable mausoleum. Crout, in addition to directing the stacking of skulls and femurs into the patterns seen in the catacombs today, 
he used the cemetery decorations he could find, formerly stored in the Tombe Issuar property, property, which was the building that had all the bodies flood into the basement. They turned that into, like, a museum that had, like, a bunch of, like, cool artifacts from the graves and different, like, headstones and signage. Okay, good. Glad these people didn't have to live in that earth. Yeah, so they just kind of turned that into a museum, but then they were no longer stored there, so they started to decorate the ossuary with them. But unfortunately, a lot of the things disappeared after the 1789 revolution. Also created was a room dedicated to the display of various minerals found under Paris, and another showing various skeletal deformities found during the catacombs creation and renovation. Oh, wow. Which now I really want to go because I want to see what they mean by that. He also added monumental tablets and archways bearing ominous warnings, inscriptions, and also added stone tablets bearing descriptions or other comments about the nature of the ossuary and to ensure the safety of eventual visitors, it was walled from the rest of Paris's left bank, already extensive tunnel work network. So a lot of, like, obviously Paris has, like, its own subway system and there's, like, underground stuff going on elsewhere, so they, like, blocked a lot of it off. Today, there is a little over a mile of catacombs open to the public to visit with or without a tour guide. They say bring a jacket because it is a consistent brisk 57 down there, which sign me up. (laughs) I'm interested. Oh, yeah. Also, upon entering the catacombs, visitors are greeted with a sign that says, Arrête, c'est ici l'Empire de la Mort, which is translated into, Stop, this is the Empire of Death. (laughs) That sounds like a Zach Bagans quote. (laughs) I know. Stop! This is the empire of death. Like, I love that. That's such a French thing to say. Just be like, we're making a mausoleum that you can come visit, but also here's a sign that says, this is the empire of death. (laughs) (laughs) And a final few fun facts about modern history in the catacombs. During World War II, French resistance members used the tunnels to make headquarters where they led the insurrection to liberate Paris in June of 1944. There was also a Nazi bunker under a high school. Boo, Nazis. Boo, Nazis. And my favorite, in 2004, police found a full movie theater equipped with a giant screen, seating, projectors, films... Uh, film of various thrillers and film noir, a full bar, a restaurant with tables and chairs. It was a group called the UX, or Urban Experiment, took the responsibility. And first of all, <laughs> that sounds like my type of movie theater, like, in restaurant. That's so cool. Like, go watch, like, some thrillers down in, like, the ossuary. Yeah. It would be so cool. Definitely a crazy Halloween time. Um, but the UX is actually kind of cool. So they are known to have maps of the Paris underground and have worked to improve and restore these hidden areas. They have been brought to court. Um, but once a judge dismissed all the charges and a government prosecutor prosecutor even called the charges stupid. (laughs) When, (laughs) yeah, 
they're like, mm, this doesn't make any sense. They're not actually harming anyone or anything. When police tried to raid and investigate the underground theater, everything was gone except a note on the floor that said, do not search. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. And it's like a secret society, basically, that, like, nobody, like, people know some people who are in it, but it's not, like, very fully known, and I support them fully. Oh, sure. Maybe we're members. Basically. Y'all don't even know if it's secret. Yeah. In 2014, the film As Above, So Below was the first production to receive permission from the French government to film in the catacombs. And it said that they, like, didn't do anything, they didn't want to do anything to change it, but they did bring in, like, a car or something else and then, like, set them on fire. Which, like... bring a car in? Yeah, I didn't fully understand that. And I also haven't seen the movie, so I'm not sure how valid that is. In 2015, Airbnb reportedly paid 350,000 euros in a publicity stunt telling the public that they could stay in the catacombs. (laughs) Not fully sure what happened with that. (laughs) And finally, the crime that Morgan and I committed. In 2017, more than 250,000 euros of wine was stolen from a wine cellar in the catacombs. (laughs) So, of course, this wasn't actually us, but now I really want to try some catacomb wine. Yeah, I'm interested. But, yeah. Well, that was really cool. I've always wondered about that. Oh, sorry. I forgot to tell you to open the chat link that I sent you. Oh! Because it's a Smithsonian Magazine article that has a whole bunch of pictures from the catacombs. And they are so cool. Because if you haven't seen what the catacombs look like, it's literally floor to ceiling stacks of bones and skulls. Ooh, there's a map. Yeah. So there's a map of, like, Paris underground whole bunch of pictures of skulls like you can go through and you can see like there's old like random tombstones in there like every once in a while they have like some of the skulls are like arranged in shapes of like crosses that is so cool mm-hmm my gosh wow yeah well thank you that was awesome of course. It was very fun. I learned a lot about um, the mining history of Paris. <laughs> All right. Well, there's another spooky episode for you guys. <laughs> I know. It's at the end of October. Jeez. Time flies, people. It's very sad. We have an extra special episode for you next week. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, as always... You can find us every Monday for a new episode. Yeah. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you're currently listening. (laughs) (laughs) We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we technically have a Facebook page. (laughs) Fuck Facebook. But yeah, 
<laughs> you can DM us on any of those if you have any topics that you would like us to talk about. And you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really does make a difference. I don't care what you say. (laughs) (laughs) And you know the drill. Stay tuned every next Monday and every Monday for... Wait, that's not what I'm supposed to say, is it? No. No, not the first line. It's not even your line. I know. (laughs) Well, see you next week. How about that one? (laughs) That (laughs) works.